On this episode of the podcast, we're going to play a fun new game, What's in Joey B's Garage? The latest on the uh, scandal for this president, that's the latest scandal for this president. Then we'll peek in on the Republicans in the House, some interesting developments there. Yesterday was the MLK holiday, honoring the life of Martin Luther King Jr. The 60th anniversary of the I Have a Dream speech is this year. Are things better or worse in race relations in this country? We'll talk about that. All of that plus the news of the day on this episode of Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. As always, with Kurt Wheeler, I am Dale Carter. Welcome to Dale Carter's America. We want to start off by uh, shouting out to our sponsors today. We are glad to have them as a part of the fun here on Dale Carter's America. We start, of course, with Bob Watson, your local State Farm agent for five decades. Bobby is at 7th and Main in Blue Springs, 816-229-7878. Auto Home Life, commercial insurance, licensed in both Kansas and Missouri, ready to help you with with your insurance needs, especially this time of year as you come up on your homeowner's policy. I got an interesting uh, note in the mail from uh, Bob Watson, Kurt, and it was maybe some things you might want to think about uh, to add to your homeowner's policy. Uh, because what happens is something bad happens to you, and then you want to add these things, and <laughs> right. that's not how the insurance game works. Right. So talk to Bob Watson about what you might want to add. We'll go through a list of some of that stuff a little bit later on in the program. And, of course, Funhouse Pizza, 50 Highway in Lee Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. Jim Dingman and the gang at Funhouse Pizza, big part of our podcast here. If you're uh, going to take the family out, want to have some pizza with some friends, uh, maybe watch the game this weekend. If you're up for that, uh, you could do that at Funhouse Pizza, too. 50 50 Highway in Lee's Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. The pizza's always hot, the beer is always cold, and of course it's always fun at Fun House Pizza. So a little bit of news here um, to start the old podcast. I haven't flown in a while. When's the last time you flew? Well, I was supposed to fly uh, over the holiday. But oh, did you get uh, caught up in all that problem? Yeah, we talked about it on yeah, the podcast, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, I was supposed I was supposed to fly for Christmas and and we got uh, our Southwest flight got canceled. So we are uh, going to be flying to Cancun here in a couple weeks, and then uh, we'll be flying back to PA at the end of uh, February. Yeah, I'm flying to Nashville uh, in March for a conference. I don't think I'm flying until then. And then I've got a lot of other trips scheduled throughout the year, um, and, and I worry about flying. I don't like to fly. Um, especially these days. Mm -hmm. For the first time since 9-11, we had a full ground stop in this country um, because of some sort of a computer glitch. Uh, our great Secretary of Transportation, former mayor of the metropolis of South Bend, <laughs> Indiana, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Secretary Buttigieg, who really wants to be the first gay president of the United States, explained to Andrea Mitchell what went wrong. Well, now that uh, the system is up and running, our primary focus is to determine that root cause. And I've directed FAA to figure out uh, exactly how this happened, uh, the timeline piece by piece about uh, what was known overnight uh, going into uh, last night and then coming out of it. And most importantly, uh, 
as you might imagine, a critical system like this has a lot of redundancy built into it with backups. So we need to understand why with uh, all of that redundancy, it still rose to the level uh, that there had to be a ground stop lasting about an hour and a half and the kind of delays that we saw. Well, now. And you, you buckle that into the system, and you have this little delay, and the ripple effect downstream is just terrible. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look at what happened a couple of weeks ago when we had delays. It's like yeah. one flight gets delayed, and then that connection gets delayed, and then yeah. people need to, you know, and it's just a, it's a well, bad ripple effect. Being someone who was born in the state of Indiana, okay, let me just say this about South Bend, Indiana. They have a hopping regional airport, and this guy was the mayor of that city. So he, of course, is overly qualified to be Secretary of Transportation of the United States. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure that him spending all of his time talking about diversity and then taking maternity leave for like six months, I'm sure that has nothing to do with it, you know, (laughs) with what's going on. (laughs) Okay, so we move on to the next thing, and I know this thing has really tripped your trigger. I mean, you've been on this since the the first, and and it's Biden has already come out and said, you know, hey, not me, not me, I like a gas stove. It's this Trumpka guy who he, of course, appointed – to the um, what's the agency he appointed him to? U, uh, U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Yeah. And Trump, I mean, if that name sounds familiar, I think his dad was probably a big union leader. And a lot of union households have gas stoves because I came from one, and we had a gas stove in Indiana. So um, he suggested that we ban gas stoves amid health fears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, in my house now in Blue Springs, I can't have a gas stove. Oh, really? Because of the way the kitchen the kitchen is constructed, and my wife hates it with a capital H. But about the only way we could do it is to rip out the ceiling in the basement and, and run a gas line in that way, and I'm not going to pay for that. That's mm. just ridiculous. So we have one of those. I had an electric stove for a long time, and now we've got one of those ceramic cooktop things. Right, right, right. Which she hates. Yeah. Um, uh, but gas stove, you know, would be good. And, and I know a lot of folks use gas stoves. Do you have a gas stove? No, I have electric. I have an old style uh, induction or whatever it's called, the coils on top. But we rent, so we don't really have much of a choice. But uh, you and AOC—that's her excuse. Yeah. I, I rent. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, gas stoves are just objectively better uh, in every way. And here we have the story: U.S. safety agency to consider ban on gas stoves amid health fears. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of a joke. I I don't really think that much is going to come out of it. But all I did was posted a meme. Excuse me. I posted a meme on the Facebook page, and it blew up. I mean, we have, like, 32,000 and counting people that have been that have been coming seeing this Facebook post and they're like yelling at each other back and forth like you're a commie no you like you know you hate the environment it's like damn y'all are getting real upset about this gas stove thing but I mean obviously it's stupid for them to ban gas I saw an expert on this or or on health and all this and, and he said um that candles and or wood burning stoves would be a bigger health issue than the pilot light burning on a gas stove. Yeah, and and it's they're it, not going after that. No, of course, and it's all selective outrage. I mean, just look at like how people conduct their lives. I mean, people are fat. People are obese. You know, they they're addicted to to uh, you know prescription medication. They're alcoholics. They're unhealthy, and yet they're going to be like, oh, there's residual. Uh, methane from gas stoves that's going to, you know, give your kids uh, 
asthma or whatever. Meanwhile, they're injecting their kid with the fifth booster, you know, with no <laughs> research whatsoever. It's like, give me a freaking break. Yeah. You got some other uh, show and tell on this? What do you Oh, mean? yeah. Go so we, we just have some, uh, some articles here. Here's uh, Dr. Jill Biden. Who's not cooking. a medical doctor, by the way. Well, she... According to her, she's a doctor, so yeah. we're going to respect her authority. She's got a here. gas stove. She's Uh-oh. got a gas stove. We have uh, our favorite fake uh, newspaper, the Babylon Bee. Pfizer reportedly working on vaccine to counteract <laughs> gas stove emissions. Uh, we got this one, which is the gas stove unit. The Fed's coming in to confiscate the gas stove. And then here we have a little montage, a, a little uh, collage of Kamala Harris, again, Dr. Jill Biden, Elizabeth Warren, and AOC all with gas stoves. Is that an Indian apple pie Elizabeth Warren has there? <laughs> yeah, probably. She does have high cheekbones. Yeah, I noticed it's, that. it's an old recipe passed down from... <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. You just, you know, the, the ridiculousness continues. And I mean, does this have anything to do with the fact that they want to get rid of fossil fuels and natural gas as a fossil fuel? I'm sure. I mean, it's like it's like the uh, the kitchen equivalent of getting rid of all gas-powered cars by 2050, right? So we have to do that, too. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the, the whole climate thing. And, uh, you know, it continues. I think what they're trying to do, Kurt, is find the Goldilocks... Uh, level, right? They always call this the Goldilocks planet because it's just the right length of uh, space away from the sun Mm -hmm. so that, you know, it's a planet where that can support human life. So I think they want to get to a point where everywhere in the world, the high temperature today is 72. Mm -hmm. The overnight low is 52. We get just the right amount of rain because these people would bitch no matter what. I mean, here's in California, if you look at the glass half full, which I do, and it's half full of rainwater right now. I mean, you got a little uh, video of a bear swimming in a pool there. <laughs> I'm going to let you talk and just play yeah. this quietly in the background. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, they're getting a lot of rain right now. And guess what it's done? It has solved the drought problem in California. But they're like, oh, my gosh, this is too much rain. Yeah. So is there a point in time when they are going to fix the environment such as the temperature will be just perfect during the day, just perfect during the night, and we'll get just the right amount of precip? <laughs> they want it to be L.A., you know, everywhere in the country. San Diego, probably. San Diego, yeah. 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 Well, I've been to San Diego, and it is freaking beautiful there, yeah. man. It is, the weather is actually perfect. So exactly. Like- <laughs> so they want to replicate San Diego, California, everywhere in the world, including yeah. Antarctica and the including North Pole. Including Antarctica, the North Pole, and the Sahara Desert. <laughs> it is going to be just perfect. When John Kerry gets his way, it is going to be just absolutely perfect. Speaking of John, did you know he's over at some climate dealy bop right now? Yeah, it's not surprising. Davos, Switzerland. And I'm sure that John got on a big schooner sailboat and sailed across the Atlantic. Hot air balloon, actually. Oh, hot air balloon. Why didn't I think of that? I I think it's probably more likely that uh, he was in a private jet, but he's over there, you know, babbling on about what we're doing to the planet, how we're destroying the planet. Kerry said that he thinks we'll get there ultimately because we have to. Although he's not sure that it's going to get done in time to avoid the worst possible consequences. He said the main way to get to a low carbon economy is money, money, money. Oh, wow. Big surprise there. He's got a lot of it, too, because he married well. 
He married John Hines' widow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's so got that catch-up money. He's got a lot of catch-up money. <laughs> um, he said a bunch of companies have stated they'll reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050, and then the world, Kurt, will be perfect. Unless, of course, we were a little late, and it's going to be catastrophic anyway. Let's check out this clip from uh, him at Davos. That's been and going around. stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives <laughs> are able to sit in a room and come so together special. and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. Arrogant, too. Most yeah. People, most people He's so arrogant, man. It's like they, they just have, I mean, the, this whole like new world order thing is just so true. I mean, these people think that they have authority over the rest of us. It's crazy. Man, if they'd gotten that whole ballot harvesting down uh, back then, just think he could have been president. Yeah. Oh, there's a scary thought. Okay, well, I wanted to share this because I found this on the wire today. And this is like the antithesis of this. Did you see what Wyoming is proposing? No. This is why I love the 50-state model that we have in the United States. Now, you know, uh, Biden is telling all these car companies they got to be all electric by, is it 2050 or 2035? Well, I think the ultimate goal is 2050. Um, I think it's per state, like California was 2030 or yeah. 2035, something like that. Okay, so the Republicans in the Wyoming legislature, and that would be probably most of them, right, um, they are pushing to end electric vehicle sales in that state by 2035. So it would be illegal to sell an electric vehicle in the state of Wyoming by 2035. Amazing. Take that, Washington. <laughs> you want to say, you know, 2035 and 2050 and it's the end of the world as we know it, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the Wyoming Republicans know that the move will help safeguard the oil and gas industries, adding that electric vehicles will hinder Wyoming's ability to trade with other states. So there you go. No EVs in the state of Wyoming if this passes. And I would assume that Republicans have the majority in the legislature in Wyoming um, unless, you know, uh, Liz Cheney, Lynn Cheney. Which Cheney is it? Which which one don't we like? Liz Cheney is from Wyoming. Well, I know all the Cheneys are from Wyoming. Oh, but yeah. one is the mom, one's the daughter. Uh, Liz Cheney is the one that I don't like. I mean, I, yeah, Lynn yeah. Cheney is the mom. She's an author. She's a historian. I kind of like her. She wrote a great book on uh, James Madison. She's probably the the wife of Dick Cheney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Liz Cheney is the daughter. Thank you. That's in Congress now. Wow. Yeah, got the family, but tree not for out much longer. Later. Okay. Yes. Not going to be her daughter much longer? Oh, no, not going to be in Congress. Be in Congress. <laughs> well, not in Congress now. The new Congress has been seated. Oh, yeah, she's, that's right. She's out of there. Great. Yeah, okay. Fine. So this is a great point in time because we're trying to save the planet. I think John Kerry would be proud of somebody like Austin Watterson. He really would uh, because Austin's our friend at Royal Roofing and Solar at 816-540-7057 because Austin's gotten into the whole solar thing. And it's kind of cool. I mean, we make fun of this whole thing, you know, with, with what liberals are trying to do with the environment and all that. And all Austin is saying is if you own your home, why rent your utilities when you could buy your utilities? You could own your utilities. Your home could be a utility. If you're interested in that, call Austin today and set up an appointment. No obligation. He's a guy who's right here from our neck of the woods, Cass County. Great family. Uh, they did my roof. Um, and he'll talk to you about solar and find out if it even works with your building. Because, you know, some of these fly-by-night people, they just come, they do what they do, and then they go away. Austin and Royal Roofing and Solar, they are here to stay at 
816-540-7057. Give him a call. Get uh, the team over to your house and let them check it out. And who knows? Maybe you retire your Evergy bill. Maybe you retire your natural gas bill because you're doing all those things with your own home. How cool would that be? Yeah, it's a great idea. And John Kerry would approve. And you can save the planet. And you can get us to a point, Kurt, where every day it's going to be 75 for the high, 55 for the low, just the right amount of precip. In Blue Springs. Yeah. (laughs) The aliens who kind of keep an eye on our planet because Kerry said it's kind of extraterrestrial, right? Yeah. They're probably looking at our planet going, wow, they almost get it. They (laughs) almost get it. If If more people would listen to John Kerry and do what he says... They'll finally get it. The extraterrestrials are on Jer- John Kerry's side. I can definitely they tell you that They certainly are that. Um, meanwhile, average U.S. household uh, debt has risen to $160,000 per household. Total household debt. This is not the government debt. Government debt is over $31 trillion. We as households have a debt of $16.5 trillion. Mm-hmm. Where's the tipping point? I mean, you know, when is that going to be seen as a catastrophe? It's it, There is no tipping point because according to our government and in according, according to the powers that be, we're, we're playing with monopoly money. It's not real money. It doesn't matter. Well, that's true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a little later in the podcast, we'll, we'll show you how one city in California thinks they're the Fed because they've somehow managed to grow their city budget from $14 trillion, or billion rather, to $50 billion. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That is yeah. awesome. I don't know how they did it, but apparently they have, and we'll get to that in just a second. But first, you mentioned fat people. And as a former really, really fat person, I'm offended. I just want you to know that right now. I'm very, but uh, thanks to the friends, uh, my friends at Slim for Life, and uh, they're a sponsor of my show on KFKF. I mean, literally, you didn't know me back then. You've seen pictures, though, right? Yeah, I've seen the pictures. Yeah. I was well over 300 pounds, and I keep losing weight. I'm down more than 80 now, and I'm at, I'm like six tenths of a pound higher than my all time low mm. since wow. high school. Wow. Isn't that great? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the thing was when I was a kid, I was a fat kid. No question about that. I was not allowed to wear corduroy. Have you ever heard about that? No. I mean, because you're not a fan. You're a skinny guy. Yeah. I hate skinny people. You can probably <laughs> eat whatever you want, right? Not as much as I used to, but yeah, yeah for the it most catches part. up with you. I, I love going to high school reunions and seeing all the kids like you that I went to high school with who are now bald and fat. And, and when, when you get fat, Kurt, you're not going to be like me because I'm well-proportioned. I have big thighs. I have a big butt. And it's all really well proportioned. You're going to be like these kids I went to high school with. You're going to be bald because you got like more hair than I, I see on most men. You're going to be bald. That that's a given, right? Yeah. What's your problem yeah. with me today, man? And, you, got, you got something to prove. And you're here? going to have your skinny legs and all that, but you're going to have a gut that's going to hang out right here, and you won't even be able to see your peepee anymore. It's going to be gone. <laughs> that is the rule. Yeah. If you can't see it in the shower, then you're officially fat. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, when I was a kid, nobody suggested, "Hey, Dale, um, you might need to have surgery." Right? Because I was a fat kid. Right. They said, why don't you get off your ass and go outside and play? Yep. And my stepfather would say it all the time. He would be like t- talking to my mom. He's like, Connie, does that kid ever go outside? Does he ever go outside? <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting in there talking to girls on the phone or whatever I'm doing. But but I was a fat kid. And, and now it's like... There's, this this gets the whole thing about like, like gender assignment surgery. Mm-hmm. This is stuff that they're doing, mutilating kids... 
at an age where you can't really make that kind of a decision. And what we're seeing on the other end of it is, I'm, I'm conflating two things here, gender reassignment and being a fat kid. But you know, if you have surgery, surgery is surgery. And what we're seeing with some of these um, um, gender fluid kids, they get to be adults and it's like, my God, I had everything taken out, I have everything chopped off, and, and now I, I don't know that I really wanna do that. Yeah. And as a, as a kid, I mean, you know, there are so many other ways to get yourself in shape. Stop putting stuff in your mouth. I mean, I stopped going to the gym, Kurt, because the, the guy who owned the gym where I went in Blue Springs, he told me, because I was like working out like a fiend and not losing any weight whatsoever. And he said, you know what? It's 75% about what you put in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, done. Mm -hmm. I can fix that. I don't need to work out like a fiend, and I don't. And I'm still losing weight, and I feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is, and I have the uh, AP article pulled up here that you're referring to, which is basically saying that the American Academy of Pediatrics is now um, saying that kids with obesity should be treated with drugs, pretty much, is the, the short version of the story. And it's true of everything. I mean, it's not just obesity. It's not just the gender stuff. It's like overprescription of everything. I mean, you look at quote-unquote ADD, or ADHD, especially among young boys. You have a young boy in the classroom who's restless because he's a young boy. He wants to be outside playing with his friends. He doesn't want to be sitting, you know, he's in fifth grade. He doesn't want to be sitting in a classroom all day. All of a sudden, he's restless. All of a sudden, the teacher recommends him to the guidance counselor. All of a sudden, he's getting put up for, for medication to be essentially tranquilized on drugs, you know, and, and this is a huge problem. We're, we're giving kids all these drugs, not to mention the, the vaccine uh, that has been you know, approved and started to be given to, to a bunch of kids, which we have no idea of the long-term side effects of. And uh, you should be very wary if you're a parent of all these things. You know, and, and we've had some stories lately of young people having heart issues. Um, Damar Hamlin, 24-year-old NFL football player, you know, gets hit a certain way and drops and nearly dies on a field of a heart attack. Lisa Marie Presley, there might have been some other issues involved there, 54 years old, heart attack. But you're seeing more and more stories about heart issues, and it kind of makes me wonder about this whole vaccine thing. I mean, you know, you know I bought into it, right? I bought into it from the time Trump was talking about it, right? Trump was saying we're going to get Operation Warp Speed going, we're going to get this vaccine out and all that. Um, now I'm not so sure because, you know, you talk about people like Biden, for instance, let's use the president as an example. He's had every vaccine, every booster imaginable. And I think he's had COVID like 15 times now, right? Yeah, he's, he's had it a bunch and I'm trying to find something right now. This is just kind of last minute, but, um, there's been a dramatic increase in cardiac events among athletes specifically and among young people generally across the board, mm. but specifically among athletes. Um, Is there a correlation to them taking the vaccine? Well, I mean, you, you can make your own conclusion, but, um, you know, I, I'm not going to – I'm, I'm going to – give too much uh, dead air time here, but yeah. there's been a dramatic increase in cardiac events among athletes on the field. There's been a dramatic increase in blood clots among young people who are otherwise very healthy. And uh, now, finally, uh, the CDC and federal government is coming out and ad admitting after, you know, three years, however long it's been, that there are possible side effects of the vaccine that include uh, heart problems and blood clots, myocarditis, and all these things, which anyone who's paying attention has known for a long time, but they're finally coming out and admitting it. So 
uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions here. And they also admitted, the Pfizer executives have admitted and other uh, people have admitted that the tests that were done on the vaccine were not nearly thorough enough. And they actually, in fact, one person testified that they didn't even test to see if it stopped transmission. They just slammed it through, put it through, and that's and that's that. Another thing, one more thing, if I may, too, that I've noticed. You know how when you watch uh, TV, like I'm sure you were watching football this weekend, yeah. you see that like every other commercial is for a pharmaceutical company or some sort of medication, and they always have the the disclaimer. It's like it, it, the, the disclaimer is like half of the commercial, right? Yeah. It's like this may cause blah, 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 may cause blah, blah, blah. That's half the commercial. You see these commercials now for, for Pfizer, for the boosters. They have Martha Stewart and all these people, you know, celebrities coming out. The commercials for Pfizer never have any disclaimer. They never say, yeah. you know, any side effects. It's just get the booster, go, you know, ask about the vaccine. Well, I'm done. I mean, I've had, I took the first two shots and I had the first booster, but I'm done. I mean, to my knowledge, Kurt, I've never had COVID. Um, and it's not like I, I live in a shell. I mean, I, you know, I'm out shaking hands, kissing babies, hugging people. Um, but I'm done with that whole thing. I just, I'm done with it. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's understandable that um, some people were convinced, you know, that they needed to get it for various reasons, and I, I certainly don't blame anybody for that, but what I do blame is the establishment for lying to us about the effectiveness of the vaccine. We were told by Joe Biden, by the media, by everybody that if you got the vaccine, you weren't going to get COVID. If you got the vaccine, you weren't going to transmit COVID. If you got the vaccine, um, you know, you weren't going to go to the hospital. None there of it were, true. There were no side effects. It was all a lie from yeah. the beginning. All right. Well, speaking of the liar in chief, we're going to play our fun little game, What's in Joey B's Garage? And there you got If you're watching this on uh, YouTube or Rumble, you see that um, the Corvette. My brother has a Firebird that's about that color. Joey loves that car. He does. It's a really nice car. Is it electric? <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> and then if you look at the picture, and you've seen this probably on a lot of the news channels, even the mainstream media, I mean, they're turning on Joe like Greek waiters. I mean, they're just, they're turning on him. He, and we're going to get to an example of that. But you see that that hideous box with all the stuff falling out of it. Um, the thought is that that's where those uh, classified documents are. Or at least that this is the garage that they were being stored in. Well, he said it was. Yeah. He said it's in, he told Peter Ducey, he's like, you know, hey, it's where my my uh, Corvette is, and of course it's locked, and all that. <laughs> um, you know, this, and in, in last week we put up the clip, I mean, this thing is just mushroomed, but last week we put up the clip where he was on 60 Minutes, and he was saying, you know, they asked, what do you think about what Trump went through, and all that, and he says, I just can't imagine it, just how could anybody be so irresponsible? Well, the documents, not to be with whataboutism and all that, I'm sure that that uh, accusation is going to fly. Um, and we can talk about the difference between Mar-a-Lago and what's going on in Delaware. But um, the documents that Trump took, first of all, neither one of them probably should have taken any classified documents. They got to tighten that up on both sides, don't you think? If we have rules, let's tighten it up and let's enforce it. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, there are differences, which I'm sure you're going to be getting yeah, to. Yeah, we'll get to that. But... Uh, but, yeah, I, I can't really yeah. speak to that. But, you know, Trump's stuff was at Mar-a-Lago in one area, and Mar-a-Lago is under Secret Service protection, okay? And he was the president of the United States who could have declassified any of those documents. He had the power to do that. 
On the other hand, Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. No power whatsoever. Everything I've heard, everything I've read since this whole scandal started is that the vice president could not take a classified document out of the building. Right. Period. Stop. Right. You Which just, the 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 other thing that's true is that he's president now. So I mean, if he wanted to, he but could, he wasn't for four years. Right, <laughs> right. No, I, that, I he was I a retired that. guy. I understand that. But if he wanted this all to go away today, he could say those the documents are unqua- declassified because he's president now. He has the power now to declassify whatever he wants. That's my understanding, at least. But. He's not going to do that because it'll draw attention to the fact right. that he shouldn't have had him in the first place. You well, know, and, so it's and a tricky like situation. In a box in his garage, they found some stuff in the library. They found some stuff here. They found some stuff there. Hunter Biden was living there. I mean, there were a lot of questions. You know, now that we've we've gotten over the whole, you know, Biden got more votes than anybody, even FDR. And, you know, everybody wanted him to get in there and, and show the country how normal looked. This is what normal looks like. Now that we've gotten beyond all that <laughs> bullshit. Okay, Hunter Biden was there. There are connections to China. This laptop thing, which they suppressed, is real. This thing was out there, too, before the midterm election, and they found a way to suppress that, too. There's a lot of stuff that does not smell right here. Yeah. And it's not just Joey B's depends. I mean, something does not (laughs) smell right here. Um, And the Republicans are going to investigate this, and now the Democrats are kind of turning on Joe. You're starting to see that, right? Yeah. And it wasn't just Adam Schiff, although we have have a clip of of Adam Schiff on uh, ABC's This Week. Um, I saw a lot of other Democrats out there saying this is not a good look, this is not good, Um, especially after how hard Biden went after Trump and the FBI going in there, guns blazing and all that. And now we find out that Biden's home, where he spends a lot of time. He's there a lot. There's no visitor log. We don't know who's been in and out of there. We know there's classified documents here, here, over here. And Adam Schiff, the guy who is being bounced off his committee by the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, um, he actually did not have Biden's back on this. You raised the possibility of this national security assessment. Is it possible that national security was jeopardized here, as, as, as many, including you, uh, raised that possibility with the Mar-a-Lago documents? Uh, I don't think we can exclude the possibility without knowing, knowing more of the facts. Um, we have asked for an assessment uh, in the intelligence community of the Mar-a-Lago documents. Uh, I think we ought to get that same assessment of the documents uh, found in the Uh, in the uh, think tank as well as the home of President Biden. Uh, I'd like to know what these documents were. I'd like to know what the IC's assessment is, whether there was any risk of exposure and what the harm would be and whether any mitigation needs to be done. Uh, I think that would be appropriate uh, and consistent with what we requested in the case of Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. So, I mean, that is consistent, and he's right about that. But one thing is not consistent the FBI went in their guns blazing they into raided Mar-a-Lago. They yeah. raided it. And then, of course, all of the news coverage after it was hysteria. You know, um, we should, we should, you know, it's the end of the world as we know it. This is worse than Watergate. This is worse than 9-11. Uh, you know, Trump should be executed. Mm-hmm. You know, Beschloss, Michael Beschloss, actually said that, mm-hmm. that he's violated um, the Espionage Act, yeah. and therefore he needs to be executed. Okay, well, Biden needs to be executed. This is a constitutional crisis, Kurt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that the, 
they have made that insinuation many times uh, uh, regarding Trump, you know, calling him a uh, traitor and treason and all that. And it's like insinuating like, well, what's the punishment for treason, you know? And of course, the, the shoe never fits on the other foot. But I just want to say this again, because I don't I don't hear enough people out there saying it. And it's the first thing that crossed my mind. Joe Biden was the outgoing vice president of the United States. Why are these documents there? Mm hmm. Doesn't anybody care? I mean, what's the answer to that question? Why did he have anything that was marked classified? Nobody can answer that. Barack Obama could have, because of the same thing with Trump. He could have said, well, I'm going to declassify all this. President of the United States has that power. The vice president, as John Adams so aptly said, that office is not worth a warm bucket of spit. <laughs> all right? You're just sitting there waiting. Yeah. And, and Joe Biden was really good at that. Mm -hmm. He's not so great at being president, mm -hmm. but he was good at sitting there and waiting. And somehow these documents end up at his house. And, and I, I hope that the uh, independent counsel... Uh, gets to the bottom of that, and um, you know the House that's going to investigate it gets to the bottom of it as well. What else you got there? Oh, we got Joy Behar. Oh, Joy Behar. How could we forget Joy Behar? First of all, I wonder what the ratings are on The View. Who is watching this schlock? <laughs> I, have, I, I have run this drop from Joy Behar into the ground on KFKF, and I think we just need to keep playing it over and over and over again and ram it right up their rectums. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, let's watch it and find out. Really, I, but, mean, I, I think that no, what you just said is yeah, right, that, yeah. that there are differences in what happened. Yes, but you know, the are not good. Well, we all know that Trump is a liar and a thief, you know? <laughs> we know that. So it's not that big a jump to say that he obstructed and he lied. We don't think that Biden is a liar and a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. That's partly what's going on. But what I think also is going on, no matter what the truth of it is, Whoopi, they will spin it, Bubblehead and Marjorie Taylor and that crowd, Matt Gates. You think they're not going to spin this that is just as bad as Trump? And so the, the lie gets out there. People believe it, just like that Donaldson person, whatever his name is. Byron. What's his name? Byron, Byron Donalds. Byron I saw him also. He was at the, uh, the fight on the floor, too, yeah. wasn't he? He was nominated for speaker a number of people by two people. Yeah. He's the new darling. All right, all right. That's, all right. that's really enough of that. And we'll get to Byron Donalds here in just a minute. Um, you know, we mentioned the word rectum, and it, it made me think of one of our other sponsors here on the big <laughs> podcast, uh, Dr. Mark Taormina uh, and Midwest GI Health. They're right there in Lee's Summit. And, you know, <laughs> colon cancer is one of those things that you can avoid. Get it early. The old rule of thumb used to be 50, and now Dr. Taramina is telling me 45 is, is the age that he wants to take a look uh, first so that they can see if there's anything up there that, that might be problematic. And, you know, in my case, it was like a clean bill of health. Come back in 10 years. Some people, you know, they get some stuff out of there, and it's like, yeah, come back in five. We want to look at it again. But if you get it early, it is very treatable, and Midwest GI Health in Lee's Summit, it, it's one-stop shopping. They can take care of you. They can do the colon cancer screening. Um, the need for a colonoscopy is is vital. I mean, people who don't want to do it for this reason or that reason, and the prep, you know, you don't know anything about this. You're awfully young. But do you know about the prep that you have to go through for colonoscopy? No. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you because it's it's coming in your life, okay? you got to drink this hideous stuff, and you go to the bathroom for an entire 24-hour period. It's like you never leave the bathroom, okay? you got to clean everything out, mm -hmm. and then they want to get up there and they want to take a look. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, but you need to do it because if they catch something early, 
like colon cancer. It could save your life. It would save your life. Yeah. Midwest GI Health in Lee Summit. Give them a call. They're at 816-836-2200. Dr. Mark Taramina and his staff are ready to help you with something that you need to get done. And these screenings, Kurt, are covered by your insurance because, trust me, they'd rather pay for this than pay for colon cancer. Yeah, 100%. And it's better for you in the long run, too. And we appreciate them uh, being part of the big podcast here as well. In fact, very soon, the doc is going to be on. We're going to do a one-on-one, and he's going to talk about all these things in a way that that makes more medical sense because I'm not a doctor. I'm just kind of playing one here on the podcast. You're very convincing. And, you know... Saying the word rectum just made me think about that. It was like a mind jump right over there. Well, I wanted to say one more thing about that uh, Joy Behar clip, too, which obviously she's on an the surface. Yeah, I mean, on, on the surface, you know, that's the first take, but I think she's kind of being strangely honest in a way because that is how politics works, right? You, everyone has a double standard to some extent, the left, obviously, much more so. But she's being honest. She's just saying the quiet part out loud. She's saying, well, the reason that this is different is because it's our guy doing it. We like him. We don't like Trump. That's why we don't like when Trump does this and we will and we, we'll give a pass when Biden does it. I kind of applaud that, uh, that level of honesty. You know, maybe more people should be more honest about that. Like, yeah, uh, this is our guy, so we're going to defend our guy, and that's your guy, so we're going to go after your guy. That's just obviously how politics works, and I think people should be more upfront about that. All right. So um, Kevin McCarthy and the Republican majority in the House of Representatives, they are off at a gallop in the 118th Congress. And I think as we talk about these things, and you said something that that I don't know that I agreed with 100% last time, but it, as it sat with me, Kurt, I saw your point of view. I can do that, right? I, I, I'm not so hard set in my opinion that, that I can't think about something in retrospect and say, yeah, he might have been right. And, and you said some things that, you know, maybe this Congress can't get things passed, but they can put a stake in the ground and say, this is what we believe. This is what we're about. And that's what this Congress is doing. And the more they're doing it, the more I'm like, Yeah, because here's the thing. They, the American public, they agree with us on the issues. Mm -hmm. What what the vast middle of the country, I'm not talking about the loony left or our crazies on the right, um, what the vast majority of people want is they want some sort of smooth run here. You know, they want to see people who seem like they know what they're doing. But on the issues, they agree with us with overwhelming support. Now, let's take the first thing. Um, They they ran up that bill that said, hey, we're going to take out of your infrastructure bill the 87,000 IRS agents. And immediately, the left started screaming that, oh, Republicans just care about the rich because we're putting in these 87,000 to look into rich people and businesses who don't pay their fair share. Oh, that hurts to do that. And, and I saw him do that at an MLK speech yesterday that just, oh, just took me over the edge. We'll get to that in a minute as well. But that's what they're saying, Kurt. They're saying that the 87,000 IRS agents, if you agree with taking them out, Um, you must like rich people and you must like businesses that don't pay their fair share because that's exactly what's happening. The American people don't see it that way. They agree with McCarthy that, you know, the federal government should be there to help people, not go after people. Yeah. And And nobody believes this horse shit that Biden's been peddling that, 
no one under 400000 a year is going to see their taxes go up. Nobody yeah. believes that. Yeah, 100%. And I think the Republicans just need to keep harping on that and keep harping on, you know, do you want more IRS agents? I mean, the, that's the question. It should be really be that simple. And the answer is obviously no, because people are strapped enough already. You already have to go through enough, uh, jump through enough hoops to, you know, pay pay your taxes and everything is already confusing enough. Tax code's 80,000 pages long. Yeah. And, you know, they're coming after, they're always coming after the rich and saying uh, Republicans are just trying to defend the rich. And it's a it's the party of billionaires. Just a quick Google search, uh, according to visualcapitalist.com, the U.S. has 720 billionaires. So we have 87,000 IRS employees for 720 billionaires. So even if you really believe that, you know, yeah. we need to be coming after the billionaires, which is just, you know... It's, it's, it's so vague to not mean anything. I mean, do we I saw, need 87,000 people to do that? I saw a great documentary on the origins of the federal income tax in the United States. And the way they sold it, the way they got it through Congress, Kurt, was they said it was only going to affect rich people. Mm. So the vast majority. It's kind of like the earnings tax in Kansas City, Missouri. Mm -hmm. They vote for the earnings tax every time mm -hmm. because – yeah, you know, we got people coming in from Blue Springs and Overland Park, and and you know they're they're working in our place, but they don't live here. Let's fleece them one percent of their pay. Mm -hmm. Of course, they were going to vote for it, but then once the government said, "Hey, the gravy train's coming in," you know, amazing that it filtered all the way down to you know little people like us. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, this is kind of a, a more extreme position, maybe, but. Uh, it makes you really think about like who should be allowed to vote, for example. Um, you know, people that have skin in the game have much more of a say in what's actually happening in terms of policy in our country. Of course, people who are a net drain on taxes are going to want taxes to go up because sure. they're the recipients of the benefits for it. Yep. People that actually pay taxes, people that are actually contributing to uh, the public good, if you want to call it that, which we do need, you know, we do need some sort of social, social safety net. We do need some sort of, uh, government at the federal level, you know, maybe people that are actually contributing, uh, should be the ones deciding how that's going to operate. Well, that's a slippery slope and that makes you racist. Just so you know. <laughs> okay. Move on to the next thing that they did. The born alive bill. This was, I think, sheer genius on the part of the Republicans. The Born Alive bill would require health care providers to try to preserve the life of an infant in the rare case that a baby survived an abortion. Now think about that. You've gone in, you've gotten a late-term abortion, you've got a viable fetus in there, and when that hose goes in there, they suck it out, and the thing doesn't die. Oh, my. Okay, so now what do we do? Well, the Republicans stepped in with the Born Alive bill, okay, 210 House Democrats. Let that sink in. 210 House Democrats, including the Reverend Emanuel Cleaver of Kansas City, Democrat, voted against this measure. So the great Reverend basically voted that if somehow this fetus survives your attempt to kill it, and it comes out, you don't have to take measures to uh, keep it alive. Yeah. I wonder, there was one Democrat who voted for it. I wonder who that was. Uh, Henry Cuellar of Texas. And there was another Texas Democrat who voted present. Right. 
Um, yeah, but all the Republicans voted for it. Again, McCarthy knows this isn't going to go anywhere. The Senate's not going to take it up. And even if they did, Biden is going to veto it. The good Catholic, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., mm-hmm. good Catholic, great Catholic, right? So uh, abortion ought to be something that, that he's ashamed of anyway. And we'll get to shame here in just a minute. Um, but they're not ashamed of it. They're like, no. this is what we do. And you had a clip that I had not seen of uh, Gerald Nadler. And, and Nadler, by the way, did you ever watch um, um, The Sopranos on yeah. HBO? Oh, it's my favorite show. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there is a guy on The Sopranos. Um, he plays a gay man. I'm not saying Gerald Nadler is a gay man. But he had, like, the, the surgery to make himself less fat. Vito. Yeah, Vito. Yeah. Vito. Um I saw Nadler walking in the halls of Congress, and he walks like Vito. Yeah, he because does he's, walk he's, like Vito, yeah. He's kind of had that same surgery. He's got the waddle. The, the, waddle, the waddle to him. That's yeah. exactly what it is. So look yeah. up Vito in The Sopranos, and you'll see Gerald Nadler. Um, Nadler, on the floor of the House of Representatives, the tortured logic involved here on why Democrats voted no. The problem with this bill is not that it makes anything that it is not that it provides any new protections for infants. The problem with this bill is that it endangers some infants by stating that that infant must immediately be brought to the hospital, where, depending on the circumstances, that may be the right thing to do for the health and survival of that infant, or it may not. That is the problem with this bill. It, it, it um, um, directs and, and mandates a certain medical care which may not be appropriate, which may be in danger the life of an infant in certain circumstances. <laughs> that is just, that's, that's, what, that's hysterical. First of all, they don't look at it as an infant. It's just no. material, right? Yeah, I mean, a- after it's born, we've had prominent cases, including recently in Washington, D.C., where doctors have been killing born babies and throwing them in the dumpster. I mean, yeah. it happens. It happens not that infrequently. The former governor of Virginia, who's also a doctor, I can't think of his name right now. You would probably uh, know. Yeah. Um, he was the one Northam. who... Northam. that's yeah. it, who said that basically if, if it somehow survives this, you know, you need to make a decision and then, you know, just quietly and reverently put it out of its misery or something along those lines. That's yeah. not an exact quote. But, you know, it's not an infant to them. And if it is an infant, this is murder. Yeah. Well, that's why they, that's the real wise reason why they voted against it is because in order to, and this was a brilliant move. It was a brilliant by, move. By Republicans. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, because for the exact reason that you mentioned of, you know, them putting a stake in the ground on this issue, you know, it's a very clear common sense, common decency type of thing. And every Democrat except one voted against it. And the reason is, in my opinion, because they cannot acknowledge the, inherent value of that life. As soon as they acknowledge the inherent value of that life, then their entire position on abortion goes down the toilet and they have to start from scratch. So they'll come up with every excuse that they can. They'll make every stupid argument that they can, like uh, Jerry Nadler just did. And you can see in his body language too, he's like very uncomfortable. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's not confident in this argument because he's grasping at straws and he knows he's grasping at straws. Well, he's uncomfortable anyway. Just watch a video of him walking (laughs) and you'll find out exactly what I'm talking about. But, you know, we've talked about this many times on the abortion question. And 
the again, we talk about the vast middle of the country. What is it the vast middle of the country can agree on? And I think ultimately it's going to agree on, you know, this is something in your family that's probably something that, that you all need to talk about. But whatever decision you make, you need to make it by 15 or 16 weeks. This whole, you know, we're going to wait till nine months, you know, and then we're going to we're going to do this. That, I don't think I don't think the vast majority of this country goes along with that. Yeah. And and that's what the Republicans have done. They said, "Okay, well, let's let's see if you'll go this far with us. Will right. you say that if it's a late-term abortion and somehow the the baby survives that we have to take extraordinary medical uh, pr- procedures for this baby?" Right. And 210 of them said no, including a reverend who represents Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, they they should just keep doing that. Make make a one-sentence bill that says is a newborn infant that survives abortion a human being? Yeah. Yay or nay, and put it up to a vote. I mean, just make it as simple as possible. Expose all of these satanic frauds, and let's get on with it. I said that I was going to tie two things together. You know, I'm still on the thing about expired temp tags, and I know you are still about shopping carts and all that. But what do abort- What does abortion and expired temp tags have in common? There used to be a word in this country, Kurt. It was called shame, mm-hmm. right? And let's say that your family had a situation where there was an unwanted pregnancy. You know, it might be incest, might be, you know, a a naughty uncle that, that knocks up a girl. It might be a rape or something like that. That was something that families kind of kept to themselves, and they dealt with it at the family level. We have no more shame in this. Now it's now it's almost like if people are proud of it. It's the opposite. Yeah, it's shout your abortion. There's literally a movement called shout your abortion. I know. So the shame is gone. The shame is gone on temporary tags. I'm still counting them. And it's like they, they want to like speed by a cop and say, I dare you to pull me over. Yeah. I mean, it used to be if, if you couldn't pay your taxes or didn't pay your fees on time, you'd kind of look at the ground and it's like, okay, how do I fix this? How do I make this right? Not anymore. Now it's like, uh, you know, what's, what's the longest I can go before anybody ever says anything? Yeah. And on the abortion issue, just to continue that previous thought, I mean, it's not only a lack of shame, but it's a complete inversion. Uh, it's, it's shame in, in the other direction. Now our feminist, you know, society that has uh, embraced abortion is now pushing shame towards mothers, towards women that choose to stay home and raise kids instead of having an abortion and staying at work. Those are the people who are shamed, you know, uh, and you could, there's tons of examples of that. And, you know, there's celebrities talking about how they're so glad, you know, they had an abortion so they could keep, you know, working in the, in Hollywood and all this kind of stuff. And yet people who are actually, uh, um, embracing the traditional role of being a mother and staying home with their kids and not having abortions, those are the people who are ashamed. You know, Ronald Reagan used to say about this, it's ironic that uh, the only people who support abortion are already born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So think about that and let that sit in there and soak in your brain as well as we go through uh, these things here in the House of Representatives. Speaking of the House, uh, McCarthy, as promised, booted three Democrats from committees. Uh, Those committees, uh, members who will no longer have uh, seats on those uh, very critical committees in the House of Representatives, Adam Schiff, who we saw earlier trying to turn things around, trying to get a little more credibility by turning on Biden. Then you got Eric Swalwell, who had the, um, what was her name, Fang Fang, Bang Bang, <laughs> Xing Xing, yeah. whatever her name All was. All of the above. A Chinese spy, right? <laughs> yeah. As his girlfriend, and he's on the Intelligence Committee. Hello, <laughs> that might be a problem. Uh, Ilhan Omar, one of the squad members, was booted 
because of all of the radical things she said about our ally, the state of Israel. And, you know, McCarthy warned Nancy Pelosi when she started booting Republicans off of committees, when she set up that sham January 6th committee and had two Republicans who hate Donald Trump. The only two Republicans on it hate Donald Trump. He was not allowed to do anything along those lines. He warned her, you're opening the door. Mm -hmm. You're opening the door, and we're going to walk through it. And, you know, uh, Swalwell (laughs) should not be on the intelligence. He can't get a security clearance, Mm -hmm. but he's going to go into the skiff and hear confidential, high, highly secret information. I don't think so. Um, So anyway, he pulled rank on that. So I don't know what kind of a grade you'd give Kevin McCarthy. I know you were lukewarm on him to start with, Mm -hmm. but I think he's had a good first couple of weeks here. Yeah, I would say so too. I mean, I was definitely, uh, and still, you know, I think he has some some (laughs) things to prove, but uh, I I think it's healthy to be skeptical of all politicians, you know, for the most part. Uh, Well, not even for the most part, just across the board. And uh, yeah, I was definitely skeptical of him and still am to a certain extent, but he's been doing a good job so far. A lot of very good moves, uh, bringing all these votes to the floor, kicking these people off committees. This is all great stuff. So we'll see what happens. Keep it Looking going. Forward to it. Uh, under the umbrella of they, the Americans agree with us on the issues. This is not a congressional issue, uh, but just to our north in Missouri, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds unveiled her state's school choice plan. It's another dagger to the heart of the left, and uh, I applaud her on it. Arizona was the first to do this. Again, under federalism, we have 50 state um, governments that are responsible for a lot of things. Government is best practiced closest to the issue, Uh, whether it's the local level, the state level. uh, The federal government really ought to be the last resort. It's like, keep the country safe. Let's keep a military going. You know, deliver the mail. Um, whatever else you want the federal government to do, I could think of maybe f- five to ten things it really ought to do. It does like 500,000 things. Mm-hmm. I would limit it to about ten. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, a rising star in the Republican Party, and she found a way to give every family a choice in education. I love what she says. No child will be limited by income or zip code. Mm-hmm. That is a dagger to the NEA. Yeah, and it's a huge state's issue right now. I mean, it, if I was in the state government as a governor or uh, state legislature, I mean, the real big issues that are happening at the states right now are abortion, now that we have Roe overturned, uh, you know, what's being taught in public schools in, term, in terms of banning some of these things like gender ideologies, sexualizing children, uh, critical race theory, things like that, and school choice. I mean, those are the three of the biggest, maybe the three biggest issues that can be tackled at the state level. We should have state cho- uh, school choice in every state across the union. So good job on her. All right. We'll see. And I, I heard that Sarah Sanders, who's now governor of Arkansas to our south, is also doing some great things. So there are some Republican governors who are, are doing great things in their states. People to keep an eye on down the road here. 2024 is going to be here before you know it. And, and I just have a feeling, Kurt, that, you know, uh, the Trumps and the Bidens of the world, that generation, I think they're on their way out, and we're looking for that next generation of leadership, whether it be a DeSantis or Reynolds, a Sanders, you know, and I always lean toward governors because they've run something, right? Mm -hmm. They've run a state. I'm not a big fan of senators running for president because they've never run anything. 
They just sit there and run their mouth all day. <laughs> These people have actually done something. They've been in the trenches, and they've run something. And so I applaud the uh, Republican governors who are doing a fantastic job. One more time, let me give a shout-out to uh, Bob Watson, Blue Springs State Farm agent for five decades. He's at 7th and Main in Blue Springs. You can reach him at 816-229-7878. And as you're looking at your homeowner's policy, and I got my new one, and uh, Bob sent me a list of suggestions. Now, obviously, these don't all apply to me. Most of them don't apply to me, but they might apply to you. Some things to think about. Um, are you um, doing child care in your home? You should have a child care liability um, uh, deal that goes on here. Um, same for adult daycare. Earthquake damage. Uh, does your homeowner's policy cover an earthquake? You should. Uh, firearms. A lot of folks are buying guns, first-time firearm owners. You should have broadened coverage and higher limits on that. Uh, cyber event. Boy, we've been through that here at KFKF. Identity restoration and fraud loss. These are all things that can be tacked into your homeowner's policy, and Bob Watson can explain it to you in a way that you cannot get with somebody on an 800 number where English is their fifth language. 816-229-7878. Licensed in both Kansas and Missouri. Call Bob Watson. He and his team will take care of you. Now, normally we kick the thing. That's kind of the last story. We kick it with uh, kind of something humorous and all that. Uh, not today. Today I want to talk about the um, I Have a Dream speech because um, the I Have a Dream speech was given by Martin Luther King Jr. Um, a month before I was born, Kurt. So that's 60 years ago in wow. August. 60 years ago. Um, where are we in 2023 in terms of race relations? Better? Worse? I mean, in a lot of ways, I think you could say worse. I mean, the, the civil rights movement in the 1960s and all the violence that went on there, that was certainly bad. But where we are today, it's like, where is the progress coming from? The, what really irritated me was the pharaoh, and I, I'm not shocked by this at all, the pharaoh Quentin Lucas I of Kansas City, um, the mayor, and his city council have voted to explore reparations. And maybe they're going to use the city of San Francisco as their, their model, because San Francisco is actually putting dollar figures to this. They are going to <laughs> – this has got a funny, too, if you think about it. Um, San Francisco is going to give reparations to – long-term blacks in San Francisco. Do you know what that means, Kurt? That means don't move here thinking you're going to get on the gravy train. Like was, the I thought you were going to say that means they've been black for a long time. <laughs> well, I think they've been black their entire lives. But, you know, San Francisco is going to make it clear, we're only doing this for people who've been here for a while, okay? They each get $5 million. $5 million. Unbelievable. What did Just I Unbelievable. I lost my note on all this, but I, I told you what the uh, the city budget was for the city. $14 billion. $14 billion yeah. for the city of uh, San Francisco in 2023. This decision is estimated to cost San Francisco $50 billion. Yeah. The city budget is $14 billion. How are they going to do that? It's just, it's just total... Man, I have so many thoughts on this. I'm not even going to get into it. I'm just. We could do a whole up. episode on this. It just really pisses me off. Uh, who would pay? Who would get it? Is it helping or making it worse? Speaking of making it worse, yesterday the president was speaking at the Action Network. Did you hear about that? Oh yeah. Sharpton's deal. Okay. I gotta find this. On clip. Martin Luther King's 
birth anniversary, the holiday, he spent very little time talking about Martin Luther King Jr. He did spend time talking about other things, like we've got to retrain our cops. We've got to retrain our cops, Kurt. Um, They shouldn't be killing people. They should, like, wound them. Right? <laughs> Wound them. This, I mean, this is why senators should not be presidents. He's never run anything. He's never done anything. He's certainly never been a police officer. There's a couple of good clips from, from this speech. This is the one you're talking That's about. That's not right? the one I'm talking about. No. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it was in front of like the Action Network's uh, logo and all that because you got to get the logo presence in there. You talk about the biggest shakedown artist in racial relations in this country. It's Al Sharpton. And number two on the list is Jesse Jackson. So, you know, he's, he's there speaking. He mumbled through it. It was just, it was painful to listen to. But when he got to the thing about cops, it really hit me because I grew up in a cop household and, you know, and I still very fresh in our memories, Officer Vasquez up in North Kansas City, who pulls over a guy with an expired temp tag. It, It goes back to the expired temp tag, pulls him over, and before he can shoot him in the leg, you know, just to wing him, you know, (laughs) this guy puts five bullets in Officer Vasquez and kills him. Officers are being killed at a higher rate uh, than in many, many years, 60-plus. I can't remember what the exact number was, but it was over 60 in the last calendar year, officers who were killed in the line of duty. This may, you know, I don't like name-calling, and I told you there, as a principal on this podcast I wasn't going to do it, but Biden came off as a complete shit for brains in that comment. He does not know what he's talking about. And honestly, on Facebook, I said, if he wants to try this as a pilot program, let's get his Secret Service detail to do that first. So if somebody comes at the President of the United States, you're not allowed to shoot to kill. Wing them. You know, hit them in the leg or something. Right. Wound them. I mean, you don't want to permanently hurt anybody. Okay. So anyway, uh, some, and this is something else to keep in mind that, that falls under the same I have a dream and race relations and all that. There are some on the left who are invested in keeping a permanent underclass dependent on Washington, D.C., right? Our president, when he was campaigning, said, you know, if, if you are confused about whether to vote for me or for Trump, you ain't black. I mean, that's code, right? It's like all you <laughs> it's blacks— not, not very hidden code, but— <laughs> All you blacks need to get in line because yeah. you got to go in and you got to vote for the, the liberals. you got to vote for the Democrats. And, and if you test that at any level— they're terrified of you. They're terrified of Byron Donalds. I love that guy. Okay? And I want more of it. We need more diversity of thought. We should not look at the black community as a monolith, and all they see is dollars coming from Washington, D.C., and as long as our good boy Cleaver is there, he's going to keep those dollars flowing. That is absolutely wrong. We welcome all who question the direction we are going. Right? Absolutely. All right. So with that, until next week, when we'll come up with something to kick the podcast that might be a little funnier than that, uh, this is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America. 